This podcast is brought to you by Third World. That's all. We're just three immigrants talking trash. Talking trash. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Three Immigrants Talking Trash. And the three immigrants are in the same room in the same country. Yay! We started the podcast being in different countries, right? Like we are in America. America is not a country, it's a continent, people. We're in the United States, and Ayushi was in South Africa. Which is also a country because many people think it's just the south of Africa, but I just want to put out a quick PSA and say that South Africa is a country in the continent of Africa. What made us apart? Like why we couldn't start recording together? Ayushi's immigration hurdles. I had to leave the country because my visa was denied in December of 2020. So I have been away from America for 10 months and I'm finally back. Do you ever think that you will be back within the same year? I feel like we were very, very worried about this. No, I did not think that I would be back in the same year because even though your visa is approved you still have to get a visa interview at the embassy in your country and the next available appointment for me was in March of 2022 but because I'm hella dramatic I sent this super emotional letter to the nearest U.S. embassy to me and said please 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 you've approved two visas before I really need to go back my life depends on this and the person who read it responded within 20 minutes and said come in the next week oh my god literally a week from when I sent that letter they offered me an interview and said miss you have been approved for a visa under national interest exemption so which means I can go in and out of the country as many times as I want, even if there's multiple pandemics going on. So here I am in Los Angeles, 10 months later. Guys, it was the most intense journey of my life. I have to still like get a home, get a car, start from scratch. Many times I'm overwhelmed and I'm like, I just need my papa and my mama. <laughs> when I was home, I had my parents, I had a driver who would just chauffeur me around and like here I have to do everything on my own. We were the only ones that actually came to LA and started from scratch because Manal, you immediately came and started living with me and I kind of like show you around. <laughs> So you like my city and then you fell in love with it. What do you guys think was some of the pros and cons of recording in separate places? Ironically, we recorded more when we were apart. It's like more difficult to match our schedules and like <laughs> it takes forever for us to actually get together and record another episode, even though now we're in the same city. How crazy is that? Yeah, that's because LA life is very unpredictable. I think that a lot of things just come up randomly. When I was in South Africa, another issue that I was facing with recording a podcast was load shedding, like random times of the day we would lose light. I wouldn't have a very stable internet connection. And then I have to tell my entire family, I'm recording a podcast, please be quiet. It's so great that you're back and you're talking about starting from scratch and getting a car. How fucking difficult is it to go to the dealership and spend hours trying to understand what the dealer has to say? Honestly, now I feel like I can write a book on this. <laughs> on how because, to buy a car? Yeah, because now I just feel like I'm so educated on like what financing is, what leasing is, or what like APR is. Yeah. And it's very hard to deal with dealers, especially if you go in as a single woman. They just think they can take advantage of you. I hate saying that because I think women are very intelligent. But then they say something to you that you question yourself mm -hmm. and your beliefs. Mm -hmm. And you're like, I think this really is a good deal. And then you end up like signing something that is going to fuck you up for the next four years. This guy comes and tells me, he's like, hey, kiddo, this is the deal we have for you. I'm like, firstly, I'm a 30 year old grown ass woman. Don't call me a kiddo. And then he does like a fist pump Run or whatever away. with Run me. Away. And he's like, I got you, girl. And I look at the numbers and I'm like, this is what you got me after speaking to you for two hours for financing a normal ass economy car. Getting an apartment, getting a new car, going to the storage oh, where your stuff was. 
What happened at the storage? Oh this God. is uh, a typical Los Angeles scenario. This happened to you, Ayushi, because the city wanted to remind you what you came back to. Yeah, and the city. Wow, what a hell of a reminder, hey? I just wanted to say the hey for my South African people listening. So I go to the storage unit where my stuff is at. And it's five o'clock in the afternoon. So I don't think it's like a big deal. I see a family coming out of the storage. It's in Glendale. I mean, what's the worst that can happen? So my storage unit is on the fourth floor. And I'm looking for it. That shit looks like a maze, man. And like a horror movie. If you want to feel like scared, go to a storage unit and you're immediately in a horror movie. The lights are off. They only come on when they detect movement. And you're like, oh, and they come up with a sound. Also, I was coming from South Africa. So I was like, I'm so ballsy. Like I've dealt with the worst of the worst. So the office was closed. I had to go find it myself. First red flag, the office is closed. I finally find my storage unit. But two units down, I noticed that there's some bags outside. I didn't think anything of it. I am trying to open my own unit, which is so hard to open. And then I hear an actual human being trying to come out of their unit. And they're like, hey, who is that? Who is that? Who's that bitch? Immediately when that person starts screaming, I was like, okay, run for your life. This is flight or fight mode. And I am like, what, 110 pounds? I'm not going to fight some random person. I'm like, just run for your life. This person starts following me. They're like, come back here, bitch. Come back here. You come back here, bitch. I find the elevator. And then I realize I need to put a code in to go down. This person now catches up to me. And she's like, did you take something from my bag? Give it to me. Whatever you took. And she keeps on swearing at me. And then she says, I'm going to call 911. In my head, I'm thinking, oh my God, bitch, don't call 911. I don't want to get deported. I just got back into the country. She was like, you thought you could get away from me. I run fast. And I was like, okay, whatever. <laughs> no, you were not like, whatever. You were like, lady, please do not kill me. Honestly, I have never seen someone so angry. And then I was like, okay. Now, Ayushi, is the time when you use all of your breathing and kundalini practice. I looked into her eyes and I said, listen, lady, I didn't take anything from you. I was trying to open my unit, but you gave me a fright when you started screaming. And that's why I ran for my life. And then she was like, my sister was killed and she was murdered. Oh, and like, I've oh, been dealing oh, with the oh, FBI. Oh. I'm always paranoid that someone's out there to kill me. And then she twirled and fell to the ground. Oh my gosh, she twirled. And then she was rocking back and forth saying, I'm Christian. And I was like, listen, girl, I'm Hindu. <laughs> Can I know the race of this person, please? A white woman who apparently <sighs> lives in that unit. And then she said randomly, oh, I need to be at a concert. I was like, okay, I get it. You're mentally disturbed. She's like, I just need to go back to my unit and pray. And I was like, you do you. The moment she gets into her unit, I get the fuck out of there. <laughs> So that was my experience being back in L.A., four days into L.A. And since then, I haven't gone back to my unit because I am terrified for my life. Crazy thing is that after fighting to come back to L.A. as much as I have, I could have died in a public storage by a rando who lives there. Especially in this country where there's no gun control. I'm starting to really worry that as a single person of color, I often feel that we need to have something to protect ourselves, even if it's a fake gun or like pepper spray or whatever. But I just feel like I'm constantly on high alert. I thought I needed to be like that in South Africa because of all the shit that happens there. But I feel like L.A. is not that far from Johannesburg. You just got back to so your extra paranoid. Get a taser. Yeah. 
I live in a neighborhood that is quite trash. I'm not going to lie. There are all kinds of people that are doing all kinds of like recreational drugs that they then overdo. And I'm like, okay, I'm just here in my apartment praying. And now there's a person trying to like kill themselves off of the balcony. And my papa is not here. So to your papa is at an age where you need to protect him. You need to protect your papa. But I think sometimes knowing that my family is with me makes me feel that everything is going to be okay, no matter how bad it is, because we also had an intruder in our house in South Africa. For some reason, we all slept through that night very peacefully. And the next day also, I was quite peaceful because I was like, daddy's here. So why do we go through all this struggle and we don't stay with our families? Why do we decide to migrate to a different country and go through the struggles of dealing with homeless ladies that live in storage units? Personally, I need an Oscar, which I don't think I can get in South Africa because... <laughs> In South Africa, I think the opportunity is a bit limited. Like I had 11 auditions in six months. And here I had 20 auditions in two weeks. But you book all of those auditions there in South Africa? I booked every single audition I had in South Africa. I was the Meryl Streep of South Africa. And then here you book how much out of the 20? Two. You see? I will say LA is home for me. And I love it to bits. This is where of all the places that I've lived in, this is where I felt the most myself because I met many people from different walks of life who were like me, who didn't really belong anywhere but in LA. I know you miss your family. Was this worth it? Or is that a loaded question? Is all of this worth the sacrifice? Yes, because I'm here right now and I'm working for it. But definitely I do wonder what it would have been like if I moved to another country, of course. I definitely would have not stayed in Venezuela. Most of the people that I know in Venezuela have left the country, so just barely a few stayed and they still managed to make a life, but they're still struggling, you know? Is living in LA all that that we make it out to be in our head or all that that we make it out to be in our heart, you know, being away from our family? It's not a black and white question. It depends on the person and their circumstances. For example, myself with a Syrian passport, I can't go anywhere. Nobody's going to give me a visa. You with an Indian passport, India has way more diplomatic ties with way more countries. It's easier. Like you're regarded as a more positive visitor when you're traveling around. You know what I'm saying? Do you ever compare yourself to the people that are in your home country, the people that stayed? I do. I do. But I also see my friends who are in the same country who don't have the same passion as me. They're not trying to be actors. They're pursuing different careers. But one thing I would like to say is that they have someone in their life. They have a partner. And now at this age, maybe I don't know if it's a biological clock or whatever, I'm starting to feel that I have focused so much on acting in the past couple of years. I feel that what I'm now craving as a 30-year-old woman is a more of a wholesome life where, okay, you're pursuing your passion and you're making money, but at the same time, you do have someone in your life. I'm starting to like really not like the idea of being alone anymore, attacked by someone from a public storage or you know what I mean? Or like having having like randos in my building. I mean, do. But I will say that wages, right? Just talking about that for a second. What they're getting paid is great for the economy that they're living in. Like it really supports their living expenses and allows them to live a very luxurious life. Like in South Africa for $20, you can get like a really nice dinner with wine. Yeah, salaries are relative everywhere. Like exactly. when my cousins hear what I make here per day, they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah, but I'm broke. Yeah. Like it's so fucking expensive living here. Yeah, if I get paid say 1500 for a print job, that I'm doing for a major brand. And they could have easily paid me more, but no, they're paying me 1500 perpetually, as in they can use those images for as long as they want. After 20% to my agent, 10% to my manager, who sponsored my visa, obviously I have to pay them, and taxes, 
I'm probably left with 500. Now think about like my living expenses. If you are 20 plus adult in Los Angeles, you need minimum $4,000 a month. Also, I am now at a stage in my life where I do not want to have roommates or whatever. I want to live by myself yeah. in you my apartment. Yeah. That's already half the 4K. Yeah. At least half the 4K. You're eating Subway for the rest of your life. And you're constipated because cold cuts, cold cuts every day. No, until when? Yeah. <laughs> cold cuts until when? <laughs> We were talking about perpetuity. What does that even mean? Because we sign a contract when somebody owns your image or your voice and it says perpetuity. And we're like, oh, okay, yeah, until I die. And then that company still owns your image. Correct. And they can do like, dicks on your face, dicks on your face. Dicks like, on your face. <laughs> you're thinking that is going to pay my rent. So you're like, this perpetuity, it does not matter right now. But then say, for example, I'm doing an ad for like a major company and that's like for perpetuity. And tomorrow I become Meryl Streep of America, not just South Africa, Meryl <laughs> Streep of America. Now they're like, well, we already have Meryl Streep's pictures with us. We can use them forever. However we want on a billboard anywhere, you know, and now you're not getting royalties from that because you signed perpetuity. Can you believe in a city like L.A., you have huge companies that pay such low wages for talent? Such low wages. They need content, but they don't value content. They don't value the people who create content and who are talent in the content. Not only talent, but workforce. Like they pay so low for the workforce, you know, maybe talent actually gets more money than workforce. Oh, definitely. That's exactly why the IATSE union was trying to fight streaming platforms because they were feeling ripped off. They were working 16, 17 hours a day without a break because the company would rather take a meal penalty than to lag production. They're big brands, you know, brand that you see mm. that I'm going to get rich this yep. time. And then it's like, no, not really. But we need every idea that you can create and we're gonna own it forever and if these bad ideas oh my god i'm gonna make you feel so bad so you give me the best ideas that i can own forever bitch when you are working as a producer for a media company and your job is to pitch x amount of ideas per day does it happen that your idea gets approved but you don't get to work on it and you are not the owner of the idea the company owns all of your ideas so there's no sense of ownership from your side because when you sign a contract forget about the ownership of your ideas and you give ideas that other people start working on and they forget about you and you were the person who gave those ideas but then you move to someone else say for example it's just part of the interviewing process okay you pitch an idea as a producer to a company and then the company that is a huge streaming platform for example takes the idea but doesn't give you the job runs with the idea which has actually even happened to a friend of mine not for a streaming platform but for like a big brand where she pitched an idea and they ran with it but they didn't include her but that was part of an interview process where she presented a presentation of something and that's a lot of the interview process here in Los Angeles you know that they ask you for many ideas and project rundowns and concepting and that requires some time and that time is unpaid and you're only trying to get an interview me personally 
finally I get like eight rounds of interview, six rounds of interview. And you have to present an idea and how will you go about it? And that's research, that's looking for trends, that's new ideas that they might go with. And then they're like, actually, you didn't get the job, but I did like your idea and I'm going <laughs> to use it and I'm not going to pay you. And that's it. That was just an interview process. You explain it. It happened to a friend. Me, myself, I have pitched so many ideas and this is like, okay, take it as a brainstorm, run with it or not, hire me or not. And when you hire me, you're paying me really not what will cover my living expenses. So all these ideas will become something bigger than myself that the company will own forever. And I'm just getting paid a fraction of it. Yeah, sometimes it gets to you. You feel cheated of the dream that you came here for, you know? And it's crazy because as an immigrant, I feel like you come here with a dream and to live a dream and then you become a stereotype and like you really have to fight to don't be a stereotype actually be part of the dream and really get paid properly it's really a constant hustle and you always i don't know need to remind people of your worth well i just want to say that's some trash okay all right do you feel that if you were living in your own countries that you'd get paid more for what you're doing versus what you're getting paid here in Los Angeles? Hell yeah. In my case, in Dubai, I'd be making way more money and I'd be saving way more money because you don't pay income tax there. Mm. It hurts, bro. It hurts. And I always considered myself to be the person that is happy to be like the good civilian that, you know, I pay what I owe in taxes. But after living in a country where I have to pay income tax, I start asking questions like, what are my taxes going into? If the city still looks the way it does, now I'm really looking into each dollar I'm putting into my taxes, you know? Like, for example, a big question mark for me and that I know I still need to research is that is there a percentage of my income tax and how much that goes into military? Do you know that? No, honestly, I don't know where any of my taxes are going, whether it was South Africa or whether it was here. Every time I got a paycheck, there was a huge amount of it that was taken off in taxes. And many times when rates are negotiated for actors, they don't take into account the fact that I have to pay 20% in commission and 35% in taxes. That's your job. You have to take that into account. We do. And what will happen if you do contest your rate you will be dropped because this is a saturated industry where every other person is willing to be your role, willing to do it for free. But with the years, have you felt that your salary has been going up? Or you feel like... Definitely, yes. No, I think bitch, that I'm still charging the same. It depends, right? Like if you're doing SAG after work, say for example, if I book a union commercial... As an actress. Yes. If I book a union commercial as an actress... Yes, definitely. Like I'll get residuals. I'll make like a lot of money, even if I was in the commercial for six seconds. Now, if I'm doing non-union work, that's just a ripoff. That is like you're getting paid 1500 by a big brand to do eight hours of work and that image can be used in perpetuity. But at the same time, I'm thinking, okay, well, I'm not doing anything else on that day. And at this point, that's the best option that I have. Even if I get like 500 from that 1500, I'm still willing to do this job because that's 500 that I have now that I didn't have yesterday. What are you going to do? If you don't have any other work, you take what you get. That's also what like a lot of people working in production have to deal with is that if they are not getting any other jobs, they're going to work for 17 hours a day without meals. And even with meals and 17 hours a day and like how much are you getting paid for that? You know, you hear these numbers, 2,000, 3,000, 4,000. It sounds, oh, wow, like $3,000 a week. That's amazing. And then your rent is $3,000. And that's just like <laughs> one week, you know, and like I need to work every week. And that's just the rent. 
Like I have expenses. I like to eat out. And that's the rent in real estate that really isn't worth that. 700 square foot apartment with like paper walls. Paper walls, bro. You're working so hard and you're ideating and you're working every day. And then you have somebody making an NFT about a fart <laughs> and it's half a million dollars. And then you wonder, am I doing the right things? I know. Do I need to get into cryptocurrency? I think we should all get into cryptocurrency. Honestly, like living in LA, we need to have so many different ways of earning money. Income. That's just mm -hmm. the truth. I even did food ASMR because I was like, maybe this will take off. But then I realized that all of like Japan and Korea was doing it. And I was like, great, I don't have a chance here. <laughs> and they still managed to look skinny. And I'm like, I'm an actress. I can't be eating that much. Like, <laughs> I think that here the wages are better than in our country. So yeah, maybe Manal, because Manal says that in Dubai she doesn't pay taxes or whatever but how much she needs to pay for rent though like how much is a bottle of water in Dubai we don't talk about that no how much does it cost to be gay in Dubai that's what I'm saying how much is it cost to be gay in Dubai you know what I'm saying maybe you do need to pay for your taxes I'm just gonna pour myself another glass of mimosa I want to backtrack to when you asked is it worth it to be here? Because the reason why we moved to a more developed place and that we sacrifice being next to our loved ones is because we want a better life, literally. Because when shit hits the fan, like a pandemic happened, you hope to be in a place that offers you a vaccine like super quickly. That's why you do the sacrifice because I know that there is a government that is gonna take care of me. I mean, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. And then you're here. And then so many people don't want to take the vaccine. <gasps> and then you're like, what the fuck, guys? People in our home countries like are dying to take the vaccine. But it's nowhere to be found. Some people that took different vaccines can now not come inside the United States because it's no one of the FDA approved like Moderna and Pfizer. There are people in Latin America, like my cousins, they took vaccines that are not FDA approved. Now they cannot enter to the United States. And what are they going to do? They're going to take a different vaccine? I'm happy that I took the vaccine and I'm happy that it developed so fast. And then 50% of the country don't want to take the vaccine. And what they go to waste. That? Going to waste. And there's third world countries that literally people are standing outside a facility that's only offering 600 vaccines to the entire country. And they're sleeping outside that facility just to be able to get the vaccine. And only 600 of those in that one country will get it. It's like Black Friday every day there. Yes. Black Friday. Black Friday for the vaccine. For the vaccine, man. And here, they don't give a shit. I got my vaccine because I was still in South Africa in September. And how easy was for you to get the vaccine? Was it was it not easy? easy at all. You see? Yeah, because firstly, the country rejected Johnson & Johnson because America was like Johnson Johnson shit. So South Africa rejected all these vaccines that could have been offered to us earlier in the year. The rest of the world, they already got it like beginning of the year. People are getting boosters now. I'm like, I just got mine. It's crazy because, you know, I'm Syrian and I follow news in Syria, which is in a horrible state right now. And now even more horrible with COVID and it's getting really bad there and they don't have access to vaccine. And here you can just drive into a parking lot, be treated super nicely and get the fucking Pfizer vaccine. Literally. And you're good. You and you're good. And you get the vaccine you can drive to cvs you can go drive through and you get the vaccine all the initiatives all the <laughs> get out of your car <laughs> when you don't have to get out of your car it's literally a drive through like how amazing and still no go to waste it's a conspiracy theory it came too soon <laughs> do you know how long it takes to make a vaccine what do you know about a vaccine Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. And the people who work so hard for it 
and are telling you, hey, take it so you don't die. And you're like, no, thank you. The fuck you think you are? Like a lot of things that you're taking are much worse than the vaccine. Get your vaccination, guys. Get the booster. D-I-T-T. D-I-T-T. Dead. D-I-T-T. Dead.